This is Biz, and if hosting One Bad Mother for over 10 years has taught me anything, it's that parenting is hard and nobody gives a shit. So belly up to the low bar, where fine is good enough and you'll never feel alone. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, let's turn on our trans sister radio and talk raising trans kids with author and advocate Kate Brooks. Welcome, Kate. It is awesome to be here. Thank you for having me. Been looking forward to it. Oh, I am so glad to have you here, and it feels like a long time coming. I just want to let everybody know a little bit more about Kate. Obviously, like I said, author of Trans Sister, a book about raising her twins and all the fun unexpectedness that came with that. I mean, we could just talk about twins, to be perfectly honest. That's its own personal something. She's also an award-winning TV reporter, anchor-turned-producer, filmmaker, who has interviewed everyone from Beyonce to the late Barbara Walters. That must have been unbelievable. And she's been an activist since her teenage years. Kate has devoted countless hours to the causes she supports, including mental health, housing justice, and anti-gun legislation. But most recently, until she realized she completely botched the birth announcement with her twins. I love that. <laughs> she became an active LGBTQ advocate. Kate, who lives in your house? Tell me. Tell me. Oh my gosh, right now it's a beautiful thing. Just my husband and I, because both kids are at sleep boy camp. What's happening? Better than sliced bread, better than <laughs> yeah. the wheel. They're away for seven weeks. Love my kids more than life, yes, as indicated obviously. in the book. Normally... My husband and I would be here with our kids, yeah. Gabriella and Jacob. Right now, they're both off, hopefully frolicking and having fun and doing their thing at camp. Because that's <laughs> what we're doing while they're at camp. <laughs> How old are they right now? Are they, what are they? They are now 14 years old. Oh, both honey, of them. they're having camp fun. <laughs> like, you are a camp kid. If I remember reading this correctly, you are a camp kid. I am a camp kid. My whole summers were sleepaway camps and counselors and the whole nine yards. If I could figure out how to still go to camp, I would. But you know what's happening at 14. I totally know what's happening. I remember my first kiss. I remember my first feel. I remember, oh my gosh. (laughs) Love. I love it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was in the Deep South. And so one of my kisses was like, I'm going to need you to not be dipping if you want to kiss me. Gross. It's the South. People had okay, I did issues in the Midwest. Oh. So I get, I, yeah. I, you know, yeah. so I, I kissed my yeah. share of dippers. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. Hormones will push you right through that. They'll just get you right to, to the other side. You'll, you'll be surprised what you'll kiss. Anyway, I can't hear you. (laughs) Oh, yeah, exactly. All right. Let's get everybody caught up with you have twins. And like I said at the beginning, that is enough for us to talk about forever because twins, uh, that's a lot. (laughs) As one of my friends said, one is none, two is 10. You add the twin (laughs) factor in there, you're like, it's like, ah. I just remember being at the park with my kids and seeing parents with twins or I'm sorry, a one parent with twins and they never were going in the same direction. Like if one was going this way and you were like, well, one of these kids is just going to be way more self-sufficient than the other, <laughs> I guess. 
But it turns out that just like all children, you think you know what you get, and then you realize you were wrong. And that that has to do with a lot of stuff, not just I'm going to have kids that love to hear me play guitar. They don't. There's all kind of things that come up that you're like, oh, I wasn't expecting this. And part of that, I mean, I don't think you were expecting that one of your kids would be trans. Am I? <laughs> Tell me the story. Yeah, it wasn't in a book. Yeah. There was no rules. I always say that like if if that we're, we're on this road less traveled, we're in grave need of a GPS and it yeah. ain't happening. We're figuring it out on our own. Do you mind sharing the how your child was able to come to you and talk about this? Because you've got, you know, on paper at the beginning, it was twin boys, right? Absolutely. I remember the doctor pulled them out and said, it's a boy. It's another boy. My <laughs> husband and I looked at, at each other and were like, it's going to be a double bar mitzvah. You know, that'd be yeah. like saving. Yeah, we could just do like a twofer. Yeah. And for the first while, we thought they yeah. were boys, Gideon and Jacob. They were brothers. I called them little man A, little man B. I mean, yeah. I still call them A and B. Right. And they're not brothers. <laughs> and candidly, I really, my husband and I always said we want happy, healthy, kind. But if yes. I was being honest, I did not want girls because girls scare the hell out of me. The mean mm. girl thing. I never kind of felt I had the right hair or clothes, whatever. And I was definitely at summer camp, which I loved. I still yeah. fell a little bit victim to the, oh my yeah. God, you're wearing the wrong jeans. You're wearing the wrong this. Your hair's not this way. And I'm like, dude, n- n- no girls yeah. for me because I'm also <laughs> not super girly. So the boys came out and they were happy, healthy. I, mean, I was assuming they were going to be kind. Yeah. And, you know, I'm like, yay, score. You know, we did this. Um, but candidly, after, I mean, by the time Gideon was about two years old, I could tell that something was up. I mean, first, when he came out of my womb, he was flailing and going ballistic and not colicky, <laughs> but seemed to be like literally and figuratively uncomfortable in his own skin. And yeah. it turned out he literally and figuratively was uncomfortable in his own skin. And particularly with some of his body parts, because yeah. by three, Gideon would be in the bath and be like, oh, I'm just going to pull off pull my penis. Off. And I'm like, ah, not really a good idea. Not suggested. Yeah. And over time, you know, I, listen, kids experiment. Yeah. Both of my kids, Jacob experimented, wore tutus. We were kind yeah. of a, a, we're like a liberal Upper West Side Jewish family. We're like anything goes. Yeah. And no, I mean, I liked trucks when I was growing up. So right. the fact that Gideon favored tutus and Barbies, particularly the naked ones, didn't, you know, bother us. Yeah. And it upset us when it upset him, when he started being made fun of. Um, but there were some there were some funny moments, like me walking down the street, and it is really cute when you see a three-year-old pointing at women, a three-year-old assigned male at birth kid going, heels, flats, heels, flats. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. it's awesome. My youngest, they came out, and one of my sister's favorite memories is, like, one of Ellis's first words uh, being, gown. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, Ellis isn't necessarily transgender, but we, we had a house full of experimenting and trying and my oldest definitely has been on their journey and like you we're like whatever you know like who doesn't like to twirl in a skirt it's delightful whatever floats your boat so we had all of Jacob's like cars and trucks and Pokemon and Star Wars and we had all of Gideon's Barbies and Rapunzel's and tutus Mm -hmm. and dresses and occasionally I couldn't find a pair of shoes and I look out and Gideon's in my like 
one of two pairs of heels because Love as he it. pointed yeah. out very, very early on, mommy, you're not really a fancy mommy. And I'm like, no, no kid, I'm not. And here was, I thought my son doing like YouTube makeup tutorials and hair and anyway. So yes, it was cute. Yes, it was fun. And there were times that I worried more because of other people's reactions and or my fear of their reactions. Right. And because at about, you know, five or six, Gideon started expressing kind of some anxiety and even sometimes depression and being upset that he didn't quite fit in. And I remember once after, I think it was like their fifth or sixth birthday party, I was putting the kids to bed and, and, um, you know, honestly, when the kid said, hey, can you come in for one more minute? I'm always like, I really don't want to come yeah. in for one more minute. I want to go to bed. I want to open a glass, a bottle of wine. And it was the day of their birthday party. And I knew I should go in. I jumped to the top of the bunk where Gideon was sleeping. And he was like, mama, why don't my friends know me? I'm like, what? Of course your friends know you. And he was like, no, you know, Jacob got all the gifts that he wanted at his birthday, all the things he likes. And and only my, only Gila, his best girlfriend, who they thought yeah. they were going to get married, got me a Barbie. And I'm thinking yeah. to myself, well, I was like, of course your friends know you. You know what the problem is? Well, the, the problem was I didn't tell the parents if they asked that yeah. Gideon liked things that they're, that they would stereotypically buy for for a girl. But I said, you know, parents just buy in bulk and you guys are twins. So I'm sure they just, one said Gideon, one said Jacob. But Jacob got everything he wanted. And then I'm grasping for straws and I'm like, you know what? Let's look at your gifts tomorrow and and, and we'll see where they came from and we'll exchange them. And Gideon was like, we can do that, mom? And I'm like, of course we can. And, you know, we ended up doing that. We ended up, you know, exchanging Pokemon for Monster High and, you know, getting a Barbie. But, you know, so starting to relax and I'm tickling his back and, and all of a sudden, Gideon says, Mama. And I said, what? And you have to understand, the Upper West Side, Manhattan, not many boys call their moms mama. But th- yeah. that's not the point of the story. The point that- of the story is he said, Mama. And he said, sometimes I wish I was a girl. And I said, you know what, Gideon? Mommy and Daddy will love you whether you're a boy, a girl, or a bunny rabbit. And I don't know how that popped out of my mouth. But it seemed sure. okay because his back unclenched. He fell asleep. And then I went out. And poured a glass of wine, as I yeah. call it, equivalent to a Starbucks empty. Yeah. And I thought to myself, you know what? I dodged a bullet. He didn't say I am a girl. He didn't say I will be a girl. He said, sometimes I wish I was a girl. And I thought that was dodging a bullet. And not that I would love, let's be honest. I knew that I would not love my child any less if he was transgender. I just thought sure. it would be a hell of a lot easier if he was, quote unquote, just gay. Yeah, just because, I just wanna, you know. yeah, let me stop here because what I think <laughs> is when the point of this show has always been the parent experience, right? This like, ah, oh, blah, blah, we can listen to everybody talk about kids all day long and blah, blah, blah. But like parents, like you said, a lot of these books are not written with like, they're very tightly focused, right? And, and, and there's so much that we experience that we didn't know we were going to experience or no one told us about, and even if they did tell us about it, we're like, la, 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 not for me. But I want to focus on that moment because I think sometimes parents can feel like they can't share. It's just like that I can't share that, you know, some days I fucking hate being a parent, but I do every day. Uh, but I Would think that there's... be some days that end in why? I'm yeah, sorry. That's, those are the days that end in why. But like I think about... The moment where your kid expresses something like 
being transgender and not being happy in their body. And I think as a parent, we sometimes don't give ourselves the grace or the space to go out the I love you and anything, you bunny rabbits, it's all good. And then you go out and you're like, what? I dodged a bullet. I'm not going to have oh. to. It's such a real Again, moment. praying that, for yeah. gay. Yeah, praying we for praying gay. praying for yeah. gay because that would be easier. And as many of my friends tell me, it still ain't so easy. Yeah, and it still isn't easy. We right, exactly. Statistically, it would be easier. Boom. Right. All of that exists and the loving your child, whatever they wind up being, exists at the exact same time because you are not your child. You are just trying to get through it. And I just want to acknowledge that moment because I, I just don't think we say it's okay to have had that moment. You're not a heart. You know what I mean? Because, well, yeah, you know, it's part And that of it. wasn't even the moment that he That's, realized he was a sheep. Uh, that, oh, that was leading up to that. But I mean, God, yeah. we were certain. And I joke that I'm married to Spreadsheet Man. And I, yeah. I call him a Spreadsheet Man. <laughs> and he's like, well, you know, statistically, Gideon's yeah. probably just gay. Because yes. blah, blah. And I'm thinking like, <laughs> dude, when you are the statistic, the statistics don't matter. matter. Have you seen this kid? <laughs> But, you know, my husband finds solace and things yes. that can be lined up and codified. And, you know, and I, and I realized there was not going to be a formula for our family. And yeah. then do, do you want me to talk about when when Gideon yeah. realized he was a sheep? Obviously. Walking down the street <laughs> on Broadway, <laughs> holding hands. Just, plants. <laughs> a few plants. years after that. Yeah, Gideon okay. was eight. And at this point, to be, to be honest, I knew. I mean, I had yeah. already been going, been going to parent support groups for gender nonconforming and trans kids because, hello, New York City, you can find those groups. Yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to, I just wanted to be per prepared for whatever, you know, because I, we wanted to be supportive, even though we were still praying for gay. And no one, sure. have you ever heard people say pray for gay? No, not maybe sometimes that the far right prays for gays in yes. a different way, but we were praying for gay. Um, yeah. Anyhow, so we're walking down the street. And Gideon, we're holding hands, unseasonably warm. We're holding hands. And Gideon looks up at me and says, Mama? And I said, yes, sweetheart. He said, I think I'm a transistor. And I looked at him and I said, do you mean transgender? And he said, yes, when I was in your tummy, it was a mistake. I was supposed to come out a girl. And I always say this. It, if I was thinking harder, yeah. I would have said, oh, baby, nothing about you is a mistake. But that's mm -hmm. not what I said. I went kind of reactionary. Yeah. And I was like, it's okay, sweetheart. If you say you're a girl, then you're a girl. And daddy and I will love you no matter what. And we'll help you get through this, you yeah. know, whatever that meant. Yeah. And that was okay. And I thought that, that it would be instant. All of a sudden, Gideon would become Gabriella. But yeah. that didn't happen. We're months later with planning 13 name changes, some of which I hate. Bye, Felicia. And um, <laughs> yeah, so it, it took a while, but that was, I mean, I was scared to death when, and now, because we're talking historically, now I'll say she, and people are like, oh my God, you're dead naming. I'm like, no, I do historical references yeah. and in our family that works. I think it's, you know, you have to ask what works for people. Right. But um, I knew that her life would be better if she was, you know, quote unquote, her authentic self. And that yeah. was scary as hell. I mean, I yeah. do not think I'd ever be, I was relieved and scared to death at the same time, and happy for her, and scared for her, and every emotion in between. Um, yeah. Mostly, though, I've got to be honest, I've always been just super proud of her and her brother, even when I want to um, throw them out the window yeah. and we're on the 16th, sure. so that would be largely problematic. And the windows don't open full way, New York yeah. City. That's New but, York. <laughs> and I love them more than life, 
and I just, I wanted them both to be happy, healthy, kind. And I was, I am and continue to be proud of them, but that's scary as hell. Yeah. An eight-year-old saying, mommy, I'm, you know, I'm a tra- transistor wasn't as scary as transgender, but well, you know, right. cause you can't really be a transistor. But I think like it's as a parent of like, you know, a certain generation and I don't know, maybe it's not certain generation. Maybe every person who has a kid in their house goes through this, but you know, seven, eight, nine, you know, it's, it is hard to like say, you know exactly what's best for you. Right. But, you know, (laughs) yeah, but sometimes they really do. And I've always kind of felt like as my kids navigate and continue to navigate how they see themselves in the world and how they express themselves in the world and how they want others to see them. I feel like for me, the hardest, not hardest, but the work I had to do was thinking to myself, whether this is a forever choice or a moment by moment choice, I don't have to do much besides tell them that I love them and advocate for them and support them. And, you know, my child changed my oldest. They changed their name from Katie Bell to Raiden. And most recently, they have decided that they identify more as they're going to be non-binary forever, but they identify more femme when they go, when they dress and they go into the world. And when they said to me, I'm like, I like apologizing that they wanted to go back to Katie Bell and that they had disappointed us. Right. Like, I'm so, I know this is so, this is going to be so frustrating for you because you've done all this work to call us right and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Oh my God, this is like the last thing that's hard. This is why we have two stockings for Christmas. <laughs> one that says rated and one that says Katie Bell. We go back and forth as much as you want. Like it's fine. But it's that it's that space for them. And I like what I kind of want to shift to is within the intimacy of our own homes, mm-hmm. finding that space can be easier in some situations. There are plenty of situations in which it is not easy to have that intimacy in your home. But regardless of our children's identity or really anything about our children, once they go out into the world, like all bets are off. As my mother used to say, you know, it's not that I don't trust you. I don't trust the rest of the world, right? And so I, ah, so you get through this, but you like, I know you have had really hard discussions with your, with your daughter. We have. And they've become harder over time. Yeah. Because they're they more, get older. The conversation that you have with an eight-year-old is yeah. different than you're going to have at 14. I mean, she just left for camp the other day yeah. and we did have the conversation because she hasn't last summer. She wrote to me that they played spin the bottle, but she didn't play. And when she got home from camp, I said, so Gabrielle, I call her Gabby or G sometimes. I'm yeah. like, so Gabby, how come you didn't play? And she said, well, mom. I haven't had my first kiss yet. And I really didn't want it to be during spin the bottle. Spin the bottle. And then she looked at me and said, and because I'm trans. Yeah. So she knows that, and she's stealth. 
Um, so she only tells her best friends. Now she is like a social creature. She has yeah. a social life that we should all be envious of. So she have lots, <laughs> has lots of best friends. Yeah. And she generally doesn't tell that many boys. So she's at a co-ed camp. So this yeah. summer we had the conversation before she went to go to, to, to camp. You know, if you're going to have a boyfriend, if you're going to like somebody, because she, she believes that she's heterosexual. She likes sure. boys. Um, I tend to think she might be bi, but that's what well, well, that's shit. Not my oldest. Yeah. Kate of Yeah. We did say, you know, before you kiss a boy, you might want to have this conversation because you don't want them to have a poor reaction. You don't want them to be embarrassed. You don't want to be physically or emotionally harmed. Yeah. Um, even though, I mean, you know, nice camp, loving. Still, these are decisions like when I kissed Dennis Hirsch on the rock outside the field house during Morp, which is prom spelled backwards. Yes. I didn't have to worry. She right. might have to worry. And so that's a conversation that you never want to have. No. Um, similarly, you know, I mean, y- you read the book. I mean, yeah. does this dress make my penis look big? I mean, who whoever thought they were going to have right. to answer that question? I'm like, well, no, no, baby. Yeah, you, you, you know, it's like the swimsuits swim- suck. Yeah, swimsuits suck. suck. They suck and in general. They're amazing. Bra- oh, oh my god, they they suck for everybody. I hate but it. But there are amazing brands out there yeah. where you can want to wear a bikini. She's a sensory kid. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand, you know, how it feels to have a penis because I don't have one. Mm-hmm. But after having many mammograms, <laughs> I can understand why she does not like to wear those bottoms because I can't imagine <laughs> squashing <laughs> my balls or my dick for yeah. long enough that I can go swimming in front of a bunch of people. Right. So, so she opts for shorts. She used we yeah. used to opt for the swim skirt, as I say, most highly popularized by yes. the over fifty and sixty crowd in Miami. Um, and she hated the swim skirts. So now yeah. she's onto shorts. Well, and I, that works for and absolutely yeah. fabulous bikini tops because yeah. now that she's 14 and has been do- taking hormones, she has the most adorable boobs in the world. Aww. Do you guys remember uh, do you remember 16 candles with Molly yes. Ringwald? Well, yes, and no, the we can't show like, children oh, look, that honey, anymore. She's got her boobies. <laughs> and like I still want to do that, but I'm yeah. told that's not appropriate. Yeah. So I'm no, not going to do, do that. that. We can't do that. We're enough. not allowed to touch our daughter's boobs. Everything about 16 candles is no longer able to be shown. We've shown them all but 16 no, candles. No more Yankee, my wanky. The no, donga yeah. needs food. Yeah. Or wow. or haha, that was probably non-consensual sex. And I think I liked it. Oh. Yeah. No, sorry. <laughs> And it's a yep. fucking shame. Yep. I mean, it's not a shame. But the booby part will always the stand part. the test of time. Yes. That's funny. I know. So you're doing a remarkable job. I'm fucking up like every mother oh, of out there. Of course you are. And, of course you are. Not mutually exclusive. I'm probably oh. doing an okay job. And I fuck yeah. up. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. The, the, yeah. That the goes without saying. But the world currently is not doing the best job. In fact, today is uh, June 30th, 2023, just in case no one's looking at the dates. And the Supreme Court just passed down a ruling that businesses, public businesses can deny service to LGBTQ trans people in our society. And it's just one of many decisions because Again, we can think myopically about things like the Dobbs decision, but it goes without saying that uh, it deeply impacts trans people and their bodies. And it is stunning. And so 
I, I kind of want to check in with you on how how you doing. Because, I mean, it's a hard time to be an advocate in this world, though they're even more important. And it's your baby. So it's my baby. She will always baby. be my baby, yes. as will her brother, who's now taller than me. I'm the runt of the family. And you oh, can't yeah. see me only hear me. But I'm five, seven and a quarter. And I'm the runt, yeah. which is. And I add that quarter because I'm sure shrinkage will come in and I still want to be five, seven. Yes. But thank you for checking in. It is in some ways it's, it's, it's devastating the news every day. I've got a map up on my computer and, you know, 20 states have already passed laws banning gender affirming care. There's other states that are, that the laws are in the mix. 49 out of 50 states now have anti-LGBTQ legislature being considered. I don't even know which one state isn't, but we should probably find that state. Yeah, um, what? And, and hopefully California? <laughs> no, California is good. I mean, it, it, and it, in the and, grand and, scheme and of things. Scary. And I just wrote an article about this this morning, and this is sad and scary and the reality. I find solace that we live where we live because yeah. we live in New York City. And New York State in general, we have tremendous, first of all, my daughter lives in an affirming home. Yes. We affirm her gender identity. We accept her. We respect her. Second of all, she goes to a school. Well, she just graduated for eighth grade and now she's going to high school. But even the incoming school, I know it's awesome. Um, the incoming school paints and the outgoing school paint themselves as an ally, but they don't just paint themselves as an ally. Mm. They really are. So that's, yeah. you know, awesome. Second, we are in a city where services, mental health, gender affirming health care are available. And third of all, quite honestly, my husband and I have the resources to let our daughter, enable our daughter to access yeah. that health care and those services, even if they're not covered by our insurance. So, and, and I hate to say this because there is no privilege in being trans, not a one. No. And I feel like in some form or fashion, she's almost trans privilege. And yeah. I would never say that to her because there is no privilege. Right. But, and if you look about uh, around the country and how things are shaking out, there, some people, some trans youth, some trans, trans adults are going to be able to access care that other people can't. And that's yeah. going to be perceived as a privilege. And healthcare should never be a, a privilege. Getting the healthcare you need should be a right. I mean, that seems fundamental. Yeah. And it's not. So it's 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 scary as hell. Um, you know, I've got friends and family in in Florida. I'm a I'm a northeastern Jew. Everybody does. Yeah. I mean, it's like happy <laughs> to see you in Miami. Yeah. And I recently came back from a trip to Florida with my daughter, and you know, I question whether I should be taking her back there again, just because there is so much hate. I mean, and in my circle, it's warm and bubbly and affirming. And the reality is, it, the legislature there is not warm, bubbly, and affirming. And it's it's scary as hell. And um, and to be candid, that's why I do speak out, albeit I like to think responsibly. I have a TV background and I don't do TV interviews because yeah. I don't want people to more easily make the connection between me and my yeah. kids. So I try to advocate in the way that I can. But I was recently, you know, talking to a journalist who was writing a story on the ethics of sharing your queer or trans kids oh, story. Yeah. And, you know, on the one hand, I feel like my need to write and or advocate does not supersede my kids' needs for privacy. Right. On the other hand, and that's that's true. On the other hand, I feel like as a mom, and you, you probably feel this as well, I have a responsibility to help make the world safe for both of my children. Yeah. Right now, this country is not safe for my daughter. 
How yeah. can we make it safer to educate, increase awareness, and to share stories, albeit responsibly? And in that way, I feel I have a responsibility in some ways to share our family's journey in the safest way that I can for my daughter. And that's scary because I know I'm going to screw up and my kids are not thrilled that I've written this book. Oh, <laughs> oh no, they're not. They oh, are I... not happy. They're proud and yes, concerned, and... sometimes bordering on angry. And they get, well, we know, mommy, this is going to help people. But did you have to write about us? Yeah. And I'm like, well, but you're, I couldn't write about another family. I don't know that family. Well, and so what has the response been? I mean, I got to hope that you're getting, I, look, I know the world we live in. I know you're getting some thank yous, but you're probably getting other things. How has the response been? And I just, just go ahead. I'll pull my hair out. Yeah, no. I mean, I'm getting a favorable response and still the the book isn't quite on the shelves yet, but I'm getting a favorable response from the early readers and the people from whom you would expect would have positive things to say. Right. <laughs> but by way of comparison, anytime I write an article and I post it, let's say on my author page, or if I write for like the Today Today Show and they yeah. elevate my article and put it somewhere, I recently yeah. wrote for HuffPost. If you read the articles, I'm sorry, if you read the comments that readers leave, 99.9% of them tell me I'm a child abuser, I'm mentally ill, and I'm doing this to my child. Um, I I have no control over those. On my author page, it's public and I let people say what they want to say. So so if I want to delete you, I will or block you. So when I wrote this article a couple of weeks ago, um, I'm saying favorite in quotes. I think my favorite response, which goes in the, you cannot make this stuff up. Someone literally wrote that I should be dragged into the street and executed. And I'm thinking to myself, I, I... I don't, I don't think we do that in this country and I'm kind of glad, but it's funny. They're saying that I'm the child abuser and I would opine that if I denied my kid the care that they so desperately need, want, crave, and deserve that withholding would actually be child abuse. But that's an argument I'm never going to win. And I don't argue, I I, I deleted the comment, but I don't argue back and forth because that's not, I leave that to someone else. It's I I'm doing my best to affirm, accept, and respect both of my kids. And if the haters, if the haters want to hate, I'm not yeah. a Swifty, but, you know, just hate on people. It just, I can't imagine how that makes you feel good. I can't understand how hate's going to change anything. I will continue to do my part to share, hopefully educate, bring awareness, because there's some people out there who, it's not that they're haters, they just don't understand. And I've well, right. I, a lot of those, and that's, so you help explain. I mean, I'm open to explanation. Yeah, no, I agree. You know, I, one... I salute all the stepping in it and making mistakes. I've certainly done that myself a million times. I mean, it was nine years ago or eight years ago, you know, where I really stepped in it because the language around transgender was so new. And, you know, it was delightful to step in it because I got a lot of really helpful information that then I was able to like explain to my kids when they asked me questions. I was like, I'm beginning to know the language and I can learn even more language. And it helps. Can I interject for a second? I'm still messing up. I mean, I produce videos on the side for this amazing gender family project in in New York City. And I remember the first time I was interviewing somebody, I was like, well, what are your preferred pronouns? They're like, they're not the preferred pronouns. They're the pronouns. They're my pronouns. I'm so so sorry. I'm sorry. What are your pronouns? And I don't, you know, and then, but, but what I've also learned 
is that when you make a mistake, oh, I'm sorry, and you yeah. move on. You well, don't have to spend easy? 12 years apologizing. Move on, learn, learn. from, pay mm-hmm. that shit forward. That's exactly right. And I think that's where I go back to that, you know, forgiveness space and like grace space for all of us, because for so many of us, it is new because these weren't things that were around or talked about. There wasn't language for it. Um, When we were kids growing up, again, even 10 years ago, it wasn't, the language was so limited and, you know, it, all it, it takes is being willing to say, I don't know, or being willing to read somebody who's going through it or, or listen to or experience it. Because I'm with you. I think, obviously, there are raging assholes out there who I, I just can't understand the benefit that they get from it, from just being like a little lump of coal. But for the most part, people just haven't experienced or come across a situation in which it becomes something that they want to learn more about. Like I, I think about, you know, it, it, you can have all the laws you want and your kid can be, you know, as straight as a piece of wood, but I guarantee you there are kids in their lives that are very fluid. And, you know, we've got so many kids that are part of our kids' lives that are trans, that are doing the uh, hormone therapy. Uh, we, have kids that are, you know, by a pan and, you know, you name it. It is them. I apparently live in a small pocket of the universe where kids are just trying to outdo each other with how progressive and delightful they can be. And I am all in, but like it's, but all of those kids are my kids too on some level. And even though my kids are exploring and, and will wind up wandering through the world, possibly, being more on the heteronormative side now, it doesn't mean that I'm still not going to go out and make sure that their best friend who was trans isn't going to get the best fucking experience of their life, right? Like it's, and I wouldn't know to do it if I wasn't exposed to it. So thank you, know you for I wouldn't exposing have known what yourself. You either. I know. Thank you for exposing yourself because the books don't tell you that. And um, I just want people to know that I did not just flash you. That is not the kind of exposing we're talking about. That is still. It is Friday. (laughs) TGIF. So like I was saying, thank you for having the conversation out there. And and, because I know it, there is risk with it, which again is, I always think about the Dixie Chicks. And like their song where they were like, mm-hmm. I cannot believe somebody told their child, you know, to hate me. Like, I just uh, crazy. But I want to say thank you. And I know we could keep talking more and more about it. But we're going to pause and we're going to come back and share some genius and fail moments together. So everybody stick around. We'll be right back.
What is up, people of the world? Do you have an argument that you keep having with your friends and you just can't seem to settle it? And you're sitting there arguing about whether it's Star Trek or Star Wars, or you can't decide what is the best nut, or can't agree on what is the best cheese. Stop doing that. Listen to We Got This with Mark and Hal only on Max Fun. Your topics asked and answered objectively, definitively, for all time. So don't worry, everybody. We, we got, got this. this. We got this. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Everybody, we're back, and it is time to level the playing field amongst all of us. by sharing our genius and fails. I'm going to go first because I actually have one this time that I'm very excited about. Ellis, my nine-year-old, is a hoarder. They will not throw away, or historically, historically, will not throw away anything, whether it is a box, whether it is like, I don't know, everything has an emotional attachment to it. And we're all right. We just kind of let it go. You know, the first child I raised is a perjurer. This one, I sometimes I just go in and I throw stuff away when they're at school. They don't know. They, honest to God, don't know it's still there. But we're in the process of doing uh, some work on the home because I want to never not be living in a state of chaos. And so we're going to have a yard sale. And I said, Ellis, it's time for the yard sale. We're going to, I need you to start pulling some stuff. And I've been spinning it as a small genius as for someone else to love, right? But money seems to be a huge motivator now in this house. And they literally have decided they're going to compete with their sibling to see who can raise the most money at their little garage sale table. And it is on. He is pulling, he is pulling everything. We got a box full of transformers that I thought this kid's never played with them once, but they have never also let me get rid of them. Right. I mean, we are just all the stuff and I love it so much. Money, money, money makes the world go round. It's like a reverse type of bribery and I feel great about it. (laughs) That's genius. It is genius. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. All right. Lay it on me. I'm not geniusing at you, my friend. So don't feel bad that my child is a hoarder and is finally letting go of eight things. When the cleaning person comes every two weeks and stuff miraculously disappears and her name is Swelly, we're like, oh my God, sneaky Swelly. She must have gotten rid of it. I love it. That's not even that genius. Um, So uh, sadly, I don't think my genius moment happened recently. Is that legal? It's okay. It's okay. okay. Also, no one knows what time it is. Oh, they're going to know from this. (laughs) When my kids, and this is awful. When my twins wore onesie pajamas, you know, the ones that zip in front Mm -hmm. and they've got the little feet things, Mm -hmm. they went through this phase They're, you know, they're in their cribs, they're wearing their pull-ups where they took off their pajamas and threw 
their diapers yeah. on the floor, which oh, yeah. is not bad if it's just wet. But when you go into the room and you step in a pile of shit, then it becomes yeah. problematic. So I'm yeah. thinking to myself, how do we fix this? What do we do? Because I, I do not want this on the road. I don't want this. I do not like green eggs and ham. I do not want poop on my floor. So I'm trying to figure out what to do. And we people are like, oh, you should duct tape. I'm like, I'm not duct taping my child, which sometimes sounds good. But then it, it, it did not. So we put, we cut off the feet. Yeah. Oh, and put yeah. the kids in backward, backwards and zip them up so that they couldn't. And even like <sighs> Gabriella, formerly Gideon, was totally Houdini. Like, shh, yeah. like he could get out of anything if they could not get out of this. But the best. So I thought that was genius. I think that's my only genius as a mother. Oh, that's it? That's, that's it. it. Well, good job. That you're doing a great Thanks. job. We Thanks. only all need one win. <laughs> <laughs> I am calling in an 11 p.m. genius. So we live in the Midwest, and school just got out here, and our school has a celebration night at this little, like, old-school amusement park. It's the Midwest, so it's literally next to a cornfield. You're, like, on the roller coaster, there's a cornfield. So the parking lot is a grassy field. Very old school. I love it. It's super nostalgic. So we were leaving at like 10 o'clock, all the first graders are zonked and tired, everybody's sleepy, and I noticed some people looking for something in this grassy parking lot. So we pull up and I say, hey, can I, you need extra headlights? Well, it turns out it's his friend and his friend's sister who has lost a beaded bracelet in a wet grassy field at 10 o'clock at night. So it's pitch dark. We're trying to find this bracelet. The mom says, oh, where'd you get that? She goes, grandma gave it to me. I'm like, oh, I don't know what the significance is here, but this seems important. So we sit out there in the field, walking around with our cell phone flashlights, using our, our little car headlights for like 15, 20 minutes. And eventually I was like, we're just doing this for moral support. There's no way we're going to find this bracelet. I found the bracelet. It was nestled under wet grass. I found it in a giant, grassy, darkened field. So that was my genius. We saved the grandma bracelet and everybody went home happy. You're doing a great job. Oh my God, you're like a superhero. It's like a special skill, a special gift. You did it. You did it. You did. This is genius for a couple of reasons. One, you stopped to help. And you know, I love that, especially in a situation in which there are a ton of kids and everybody's fucking tired because it's elementary school and that's a nightmare. Two, you decided to get involved with a small bracelet hunt. And three, you found it, which is the real win. But like those, <laughs> those bra I just had to go searching for a bracelet part all up and down a very long outdoor mall section the other day for my oldest, only to find it on the floor of their room when we got home. So <laughs> I get it. I get it. You're a genius. Isn't that great? That's awesome. But can she come to my house? I because I am missing my daughter's... <laughs> favorite necklace that was given to her by her bestie. And I yeah. keep saying, I know it's somewhere. I know it's yeah. somewhere. Like, I don't know that it's somewhere. <laughs> it may have gone into the, into the abyss. And I feel like, right. well, I don't, don't know the name of that, but we should get her over here. Come to yes. New York, babe, out of That's the cornfield right. and into the depths that is my apartment. Yeah. It's not, it's not wet grass, but it's something else. So, <laughs> oh my God. You are doing such a good job. Failures. Fail, 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 fail! You suck. Okay. Well, I, Ellis, Ellis, my sweet nine-year-old, Ellis likes 
to use bedtime as a time to really sort through all of their anxieties and issues and big troubles. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just like me, but I'm more of a two o'clock in the morning person. Anyway, and I just want them to go to go to sleep. But they want to have these big conversations, so I'm listening. And they start talking about we jerks are big. A topic of conversation. A lot of jerks out there. Uh, we've also shown Ellis a lot of like karate kid movies and things like that. So we we like to label the jerks like karate jerks or sport jerks or whatever. <laughs> anyway, so these are uh, jerks, and we st- he starts going down a well from like maybe kindergarten, first grade, and a kid who was a jerk. And I will readily admit that kid was a jerk. It was like that kid just knew that Ellis got upset easily and just wanted to see how often he could make Ellis upset. Uh, That kid was a jerk. And Ellis was going and going. I'm trying to like, just, yes, you're right. They were a jerk. It's so nice. They're not in our lives anymore. Time for bed. I love you. Good night. I'll see you in the morning. And we keep going and going. And he's not stopping. And finally, I just said, Ellis, you are right. That kid was a little shit. And Ellis, there's this pause. Mama, you said a swear word. And I said, yes, I did. Because I'm totally done with that kid. Right? And and Ellis is like, I'm not sure I liked that. Right? And I was like, Ellis, it's fair. Swear words aren't always great. The reason I did it was I really wanted you to understand how much I understand that that kid was a jerk and I'm done with it. And Ellis was like, the fail is Ellis accepted my support, but ever since then, and for most of the night, I had to hear about the swear word I said and how disappointed Ellis was in me. And I just was like, oh my fucking God. (laughs) Anyway, uh, trying to be cool mom, emphasizing my support, by using a random swear, only to discover that I am a horrible, horrible person in use of my language. Just another indication that moms yeah. can never win. Yeah, we can never we win. Can oh, yeah, never no, no. Win. no, absolutely not. So I'm doing a horrible job. Please, please share. Please share. I'm sure if there's only one genius, there's obviously only one fail that you have. See, there's a lot of fails. There's a lot of mess ups. I use the most recent one. Okay, good. So I have an issue of responding to school emails. Oh, Because I feel like, you know, I have twins. They're both at separate schools. And I feel like the schools think that all we do in our free time as parents is read emails. Yeah. So I tend to not read school emails, which this year alone has resulted in me not realizing it was conference day twice and having to like email the teachers the day before about like, can I have, can I get a conference? Can I get a conference? Can I get a conference? So that's kind of a failure. But the more embarrassing part of the failure was that it was graduation last week. And, you know, I finally, apparently I've never met the science teacher because I've <laughs> never met her email. I mean, because I never read her email and never had a conference. So, you know, this nice woman comes up and, and, and says, oh, it's been so great having Gabby in our class and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, who are you? And she's like, I am the science teacher. <laughs> I was like, oh, we're graduating now. Nice to meet you. I was like, good job. Good job. Nailing that. Well, yeah, the you think the genius is that you don't read any of the school emails. <laughs> 
<laughs> but man, oh man, does that one bite us all in the ass all the time. I am a writer of some of those emails because for a short period of time, I was the president of the parent organization at our school. Because again, like I said, I need to constantly be living in a state of chaos. And so I would write those emails and I made them fun. God damn it. They were funny and delightful and people still didn't read it. And I was like, so like, I understand. But then at the, simultaneously, I wasn't reading the other emails that were coming in. So uh, yeah, email, I don't, there's no winning in that situation. But I want you to know that teacher probably talked about you forever. It will somehow impact your child's college admissions. And you're doing seriously the worst job ever. <laughs> Woohoo! I'm proud. Woo! Yeah, that's yeah. cool, right? I'm proud. It's cool. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. It's totally cool. Hey, Biz. This is a fail. It's actually almost a daily fail um, because of the way our routine works. I start drinking my coffee at home, and then I get my kid in the car to go to daycare. And by the time I have dropped her off, I am driving home. It's only a 10-minute drive. But the entire drive home from daycare, I am trying not to poop my pants because that's when my coffee kicks in for good. Every single day, I take, I am 10 minutes in the car begging to get to my house so that I can just poop. That's it. Every day, uncomfortable in the car. That's it. And I'm not going to change it because I can't no. not have that coffee in the morning, so... I guess I'm just going to continue to fail and hope I don't shit myself. Thanks for the podcast. <laughs> Look, man, I got to tell you, I love, the fail really is, I mean, in all honesty, is that you aren't, you aren't ever going to change anything. We all do this. We all get in these like, you know, it hurts when I do this. Well, stop doing that. No, you're not like, <laughs> I'm never going to stop doing it. And you know it. It's sort of like having an accident. You are sitting in that failure every single day. Ha, ha, ha. Because you can't use the bathroom at the preschool because you can't, like, demolish the preschool bathroom. I've, I've done that, and you can't do that. But you know what we can do? What? We can send her a reverse <laughs> pair of onesies yes! with yes! a diaper inside, <laughs> and she will be fine. She will oh, be yeah. set for that entire ride. Yeah. She will still have to sit in it. But yeah. it will not get on said car. That's right. It, you know, they make things for this. You know, <laughs> we've also had a number of geniuses where people have assembled, you know, diapers out of maxi pads and vice versa. So, I mean, you know, get creative. That's your <laughs> fail. You're not getting creative. Also, what coffee are you drinking? I, I love it. Well, you're doing a horrible job uh, making any decisions that might improve your life. So, haha. Oh my gosh, Kate, this was so much fun. I adore you and I appreciate putting your conversation out in the world with the book as well as the articles that you write because the more we can normalize this and show that, you know, it's happening. It's happening whether you want it to or not. It is happening in the world, it's been happening in the world. We're just luckily talking more about it and it's there's more light on it. But, you know, we need to make it normal, normal, normal. The thing that's abnormal is people sending horrible death threats. Like that is the not normal 
in the world. So I appreciate you putting this out and you're doing a fantastic job with the kids in your life. You know, like really, it's hard enough and you're doing a good job and I fucking see you. Thank you. This has been an absolute pleasure. A relatively new fan of your show. This is now my go-to. <laughs> and now I'm going to continue chronicling my genius. Yes. Because if I only had one, that's slightly scary. That's... And I'm going to resurrect the onesies. Yeah, I think you just should. Just for funsies' think... sake. Just for onesies for funsies. I'm surprised those twins hadn't figured out how to undo it for each other in the back. So that's where I thought we were going. <laughs> All right, everybody, we are going to link you up to... Kate Brooks's website, where you can find out more information about all the work that she's done and her advocacy work, as well as how to get a copy or pre-order Transistor, her new book that is coming out. And, you know, you can find her at TransistorMom.com. And guys, when we don't know what to do when it comes to advocacy and we're feeling completely like, how am I supposed to help anything in the world because I'm so frozen? Get online and write a good review. Get online and find these people who are putting the books out or the podcast or the stories out. The fact that 99% of the articles have death threats in them means we are not doing our job typing a simple thank you on the internet. So everybody get out there, do that. Kate, thank you so much for joining me today. An absolute pleasure. Thank you. You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you. I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. I love you. I love you. They can be anywhere. At your office. In your car. And they are wrong. My mom says that the gray house didn't exist, but she's wrong. He just does it wrong. Someone in your life is wrong about something. Something small, something weird, something vitally important. Only one person has the courage to tell them just how wrong they are. You know what you did was wrong, but your daughter is a liar who eats garbage. (laughs) (laughs) They call me Judge John Hodgman. Listen to me on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. If someone in your life is doing you wrong, don't just take it. Take it to court. Submit your case at MaximumFun.org slash J-J-H-O. All right, everybody. Let's settle in for a mom having a breakdown. Oh, I think this is a rant. My baby's 10 months old. I guess she hasn't been feeling well. She's... Uh, I'm a second grade teacher, and I'm on summer break, and the first weekend she had an ear infection with the antibiotics causing a yeast infection, and now she's had a cough and sounds congested, and even today has been, uh, I've been thrown up on four times. While I was going to the bathroom, she had a blowout and got it all over the bathroom floor. Even though she had a diaper on, my husband works from home. And I tried 
texting him, but the text didn't go through. And then I tried yelling for him, and my daughter was screaming in the shower, and he could not hear us. And this, this feels really hard. I really need to hear that I'm doing a great job. Because I know I am, but it was just really hard. Um, thanks for having this. And thanks for saying it. I'm doing a great uh, Myself and all moms are doing a great job. Love the show. Thanks. You are doing such a good job. I am. God. I mean, you could have just called and said, I have a 10-month-old, and then hung up. And that would have been plenty. That would have been plenty. 10 months is so hard. That is still essentially an infant in your house. That is new. That is a new thing in your house. And it is a lot. It is a lot. And then on top of it, to have a run of colds and infections and sicknesses, and that happens. You get these runs like this, and it's not so it like I mean, it's totally normal. At the same time, nothing is normal in the moment because you have a 10-month-old in your house and your life has dramatically changed certainly emotionally, uh, definitely hormonally. A lot of things are just sort of swimming around. And it's, I guess we're all supposed to think that everything is normal at that time, but it's not. And to have on top of that, a sick baby, you're right. That is too much to happen in one day. That's too much to happen like overall, but just in the one day of the vomiting and the blowout and Oh, being in your house and your partner being in the house and they can't hear you, it, (laughs) then you feel like you're in a horror movie. Then you feel like all is lost. And like, oh, that's where some of that resentment starts building and the anger. And then you're also super sad. And then like, oh, it is an emotional soup that you didn't order. And I am really, I really see you. I really see you, and you really are doing a good job, and it's really okay if this feels overwhelming, it feels like it's too much, it feels awful. None of that takes away from the fact that you're doing a good job, because it is impossible. There are multiple things that are, I don't know how we're supposed to be doing it, and that, that is normal. So let's all just accept that. You are also not alone. This is the place to come and tell us that you're feeling this way. You are doing a good job. I see you. And you've got this. Everybody, wow. I, you know, the 10-month-old, that, the rant, that really took me immediately back. And the thing about being taken immediately back to those early days of infants in your house is that 
sort of like the sleep. Like, it's not like those moments go away. You're just building on top of them. <laughs> on top of them. And I think that's important to recognize. So that when we are a year in, five years in, 14 years in, that things can happen and we can feel immediately like we're in that exact same place as we were when they were really little. I, I, it makes total sense to me because I guess we think that all of that just goes away, but it doesn't. It's just, it's just building up like a delicious, I don't know. 15-year-old layer cake. I think I was talking about cake last week and pineapple cake. But this one, there's definitely a layer of pineapple in this cake. Cake parenting, it all comes back to it. The bottom line is, it is hard. It's also joyful. It's also fun. The two don't knock each other out. And the less fun times do seem to sometimes be the ones that are loudest to us. And I think that's okay to, to recognize and say it's okay. Let's all go out and shed light on cornfields when we see somebody looking for it. Step up to help with that grocery basket that that woman obviously does not want to roll back with her screaming baby in it. Let's just go out and see each other and go look in the mirror. Go see yourself. You're doing a fucking great job. All right? And let's just meet up here again next week and enjoy our view from the low bar. I will talk to you then. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. We'd like to thank Max Fun, our producer, Gabe Mara, my husband, Stephen Lawrence, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things. And of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash join. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.